right, you bunch of yahoos. Strap yourselves in for another episode of Dan and Don's Toxic Masculinity. In other words, shut up, sit up, and pay attention. And welcome back to another episode of Toxic Masculinity. We are here to entertain, inform, Offend, defend anybody and everybody. Don't get your panties in a wad. If you do uh, get your feelings hurt, well, you know, maybe you just need a good dose of a good old masculinity because you're talking to a few guys that woke up this morning and we identified as real men in America. Oh, okay. Well, we're, we're, we're rolling here That's right true. now. I, I just know that we're going to be joined. Today's guest, I know I'm flying solo here right now, but I hear that my, my cohort might be uh, close by, Don Fry, but we are joined today by uh, a man that I've known for quite a few years, Skip Hall. Uh, I mean, I'll just say he's, he's known as Skip Hall, but Skip Hall has has worn many hats over many, many years. And I mean, we got, we uh, how we met in the first place was almost kind of comical, but uh, at the same token, Skip's got a, a lot of unique type of uh, bragging points right there because, I mean, the thing about you started a fighting career. I'll get correct me if I'm wrong. You started a fighting career, I think, at 57? Uh, yeah, back to, yeah, pro fighting, yes. Pro, pro fighting at 57. And, and, and see, a lot of correct. people, you and I actually, we had a match, and you were 63 at the time. Because I, 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 want, I want people to put this perspective. I've had a very long career of... I'm 63 right now, getting ready to turn 64. I cannot even imagine climbing into a cage <laughs> right now. I mean, I'll I'll do I will banter with people with, with my mouth, but that's about yeah. it. I, you know, climbing into a cage, you know, again during that time frame, that yeah. was that was during the no holes barred era. So the reality was, was, you know, you could do almost anything out there except for I think again I think the only two rules. Basically, were no biting, no eye gouging, and I think that was basically up about it. But and yes, uh, that's about right. So, uh, before we ever get to the story here, I want people to know a little bit more about your background because I know you and I we've had a chance to talk on, on numerous occasions, but other folks have done there. And, and I, I told people that a lot of people kind of expect. Uh, you know, when, when there's a, a podcast that's run by uh, a Don the Predator Fry and Dan to be seven, they, they think that all we're going to do is simply talk about the fighting game or maybe about professional wrestling. But I go, no, no, no. I said, we are, we're, we're like a variety show. There's a variety of things that I like being involved with. I still love, you know, the first thing I still love teaching is the sport of amateur wrestling. So I said, we'll have different amateur wrestlers, but then also people that you might have been in a sport. But then you really made more of, of a claim to fame in other industries. You might have been a very successful business person, or you might have been just be uh, a, a successful coach or something else. To me, it's like going, I, I just want people to realize we're not just going to be that one-trick pony. And again, if, if, if uh, people are listening and they think they, they might have a good guest for us, please so send us a, an email. Get in contact. Let's go back a little bit well, in, in, t- in time right now because I want people to realize where – where, where did you grow up, and uh, what kind of things were you involved in? Well, I uh, I grew up in Birmingham, Alabama, but, um, you know, I traveled a little bit of everywhere, you know, as a, as a fighter and not. Uh, I had a pretty successful career in the uh, data, it was called data processing then, not IT as we do today. And uh, I was real, real fortunate. I started... Uh, IT 
The stories, it, uh, the stories that it, you could tell these young people now, because again, computers at that time compared to what you you got this little laptop. I mean, not, not just a laptop. You <laughs> you you got the you've got this cell phone now that is a computer yes. and everything else to it. I mean, you've seen an evolution, and and you being inside that industry, you saw all this stuff coming as well because you're in that tech field. Yeah. I was in uh, real lucky in, in the army. I had I went to school. Uh, actually, when I joined the Army, I was in Washington State with my uncle, who was in the Air Force Base. Uh, and I tried to get in the Air Force, but it was during the Vietnam era. And they, were, they had a 180-day waiting list on that. Well, my mom said, hey, you got your draft notice. Uh, she called me, told me that. So I had to get in something pretty quick. So I went to the, uh, to, to the Army, and they handed me a book and said, what do you want to do? Well, my dad had been in uh, uh, radio and I was a uh, radio operator in the bomber during the World War II. So I said, I'll, you know, I'll stick to the electronic stuff. I've been doing that, uh, you know, personally at home, you know, with my stereo and stuff. But, uh, you know, of course, my mom always said, you're going to get electrocuted, Skip. Well, uh, <laughs> we have been working in that part of it. But uh, that's how I got in. I picked a fixed cipher uh repair that's what i was in and it was crypto as we know it today and I mean, okay what, so i went what, to was, school that was that what it, you say what was it called back then fixed cipher repair okay it now, was now there were three crypto. of those machines yeah there were there were three of those machines in the world and, uh, you know, it's top secret, had waiter and clearance and all of that. It was in Fort Monmouth, New Jersey. And um, it's not even there today. Like a lot of things we look for, it's already gone and they took it down. But, you anyway, know, so that's what I did. I went there and uh, went to the school there. And when I got through the school, they said, well, uh, we've only got three of these in the world. And what else you want to do? And I said, I, you know, I don't care. So I did anything from clerking to uh, walking security and it's pretty interesting. Got to, we went to South Korea, um, spent a bit of time there and, uh, uh, and some other places that uh, I really can't say a lot about. So, okay. But they only had three of those machines in the world and one of them was flying on Air Force One and the other two, one was in the Pentagon and I don't know where the third one was at the time. Uh, but that's that's kind of the background. Um, I took. I tell you how I picked that school, Dan. I looked at you know Vietnam was going on, and looked at what was the longest school that they had time wise, and that I could stay in school as long because I thought that thing would be over pretty quick. Well, it wasn't. So anyway, I took that school, and uh, that's how I picked fixed ciphers. I've been in electronics a little bit, but you know not much. Played in a band growing up. Uh, but yeah, still, mm. still play around with that some. Quick question: Were uh, were you part of the actual draft, or, or did you actually enlist? Yeah, I actually enlisted up. Okay, because the, the draft notes have been. I had two choices: I could either wait and let them come get me, and in that case, I wouldn't get to do anything that I wanted to. 
so I joined and I got picked this long school and you know it was one more year okay uh, you know time that you committed okay well well, well let's I, I, I want to fast forward to, I, we're gonna kind of bounce back and forth the time right now when you see yeah. or when you see a lot of these graduated high school seniors can you even again I, I don't know how much interaction you have with uh, high schools or, or see what, what a senior class kind of looks like. But uh, can you even imagine having high school seniors graduated, going into the military and actually trying to protect the United States? Well, actually, you know, I think it was the younger group when I was in than it is today. And a lot of people had, you know, your choice was you either go to jail sometimes or, or you go to the army, and a lot of them are went to you know, join the army. Um, well, there was there, there was like that. yeah, there was <laughs> there was kind of like a time. There was like a time when uh, if you, uh, I'll say that if you were a, a kind of a ruffian or, or a troubled uh, uh, troubled youth, especially if you're male, I mean, it was going to be basically okay. Yeah. You're going to go to the military, or you're going to be going to jail. What is what's your choice? Choose yeah. one, and, yeah. and, and, and that's that's kind of what went now. Whereas again, as you fast forward to today, you have a whole different type of military that be the military is, is a, a lot more yeah. selective as to who they bring in. I, I, I guess uh, what I was kind of looking at was like, because each generation has changed. Uh, there, yeah, and, and uh, I guess what I was looking for you again, I'm not trying to put any words in, in your, in your mouth right now, but when I see a lot of the high school, graduated seniors i'm thinking you don't even have a clue what life is about and i go should you should you really go into the military maybe to help straighten you out out but to actually throw you to yes. but to throw you yeah. to combat no because you know uh, i i don't foresee i don't see the grit of today that there was of yesteryear i guess that's what i'm really alluding yes. to is that uh, with each it, new generation, we have a softer, more, softer youth. Yeah, we do. It's today. It's it's more knowledge and, and the equipment that they use is is at that level too. It's not the same thing that we had when I was. In. I mean, in ciphers back then, that was about the. It was technology that wasn't even around in in, in public. It was, uh, you know, we had micro computer pieces and about the size of a domino on a on a board. But, I, you know, I agree with you today. We had a lot of young guys in back then. The group that I was in when I went through basic, I went to basic at Fort Polk, Louisiana. And that group, we had a bunch of guys from New Jersey in the group. And Dan, they had never fired a weapon before, never fired a gun before. You know, growing up in the South, you know, I started out when I was nine years old, you know. Yeah. But, uh, There's, there is a it, big difference. There is a big difference life. between... You know, as we, as, okay, I, I, I have a, I come from a farm background. I would say there's a big difference between city slickers and farm boys. Farm boys, oh, oh yeah. they're, they're shooting guns. They're gutting chickens and, and uh, other type of game and, and fowl that, yeah. uh, you know, others, you know, they have no clue about. And uh, I go, well, what do you think? All, the, all that, uh, that hamburger and all that chicken and, and all that uh, <laughs> fruits and vegetables come, <laughs> you know, it just didn't come out of a wrapper in the first place. Somebody had to go out there and no. slaughter something here in the process. Back. Back then, my daughter, we after I, you know, got in the military and all, and 
was uh, had my own home and everything. Had a little next to me was a guy that had uh, fenced in an area, and he would leave. He would go through my property to go feed them, and he had a bunch of cows and uh, horses. Well, we go, and uh, my daughter's with me, and he went off for a week, so I had to milk the cow, and she she went with me. She was she pretty young then. And so I'm milking the cow and I said, so what do you think about that? And she said, uh, what is it? She said, what is that? I said, it's milk. She said, I thought that came from the grocery store. I go, it comes from here first. But you're exactly right. They, you know, you grew up a lot different. And today it's, it's just every facet of our lives are so much different than, than what you and I grew up as. Yeah, I always tell people, okay, we got the story that uh, what, what, just one of my uh, chores was milking Peggy, the family milk cow, for I think seven years. And it, it, it was kind of, it, it was just really kind of funny because I always tell people, I go, I said, there's, there's a real technique how you close off and you have to run down to keep moving yes. the milk right through the, the, the teat, as it, as it was referred to. But it was always, but yes. then it was really kind of funny because yeah. you know when I, when here I am in junior high, the coming of age of all these boys, adolescents, you know, hitting puberty and stuff like that, and they're all talking about you know getting to first base, and I go, what's first base? And they're like, going, well, you yep. know, you finally touch uh, a girl's boobie or something like that. I'm thinking, well, geez, I've been touching a female's boobies for the last seven years. Now, granted, she had four teats at the <laughs> time. <laughs> and they're looking at me. Yeah, they're looking at me, me like you're a freak. <laughs> Uh, I just la- I just laugh about it because it's kind of going. You don't have a clue. I mean, well, but it also it matures you a lot because you see life and death on a farm because you see animals that yeah. in the birthing process. Some make it, some don't make it. It's, it's sad yeah. that they don't, but uh, you learn real quick, and then but then you also learn you don't give them pet names and stuff like that because sooner or later they're going to be on your table. Yeah, you know, even I always tell people even and, uh, even Peggy the milk cow. After after about I think seven or eight years, you know, when she finally ceased giving milk, well, Peggy was turned into a hamburger yeah. at that point in time, you know, and yeah. we're all balling yeah. around the table. But uh, you know, my father's like, well, Peggy never tasted so good. So <laughs> yeah, you know, you, that's you know, my wife grew up in a, kind of in the middle of rural Alabama too, and same thing, you know, that what she used to play with, play back then, the games that they played. And family life is completely different as well. And uh, it, it, you know, I was pretty lucky. My, my mom and dad always owned some kind of a business. And uh, everything from a, a beer joint, as we call it here, to, uh, you know, to owning grocery stores. And then finally, they owned, a, my dad owned a manufacturing company. It's kind of interesting to call it that. But he, they made uh, corn dogs there. It was the biggest corn dog producer in the world. And I, you know, so I grew up in that. I worked in a store, learned the cash register, you know, and, and did whatever my dad said to. But uh, altogether different than today. And, and, and the, but the cash register that you ran, you just it recorded money that went into the sale. You still had to make change using your mind to know, okay, if they had you a $5 bill and you, I mean, what, what, what I see clerks nowadays, they can't, I, 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 I'll, like a purchase might've been, you know, uh, $5 and 31 cents. I'll give them like $6 and, uh, you know, 31 cents. And, they're like, and, they're like, and they, they look at me like, Oh, you gave me too much money. I go, no, I just don't want to change. Just give me a dollar bill back. Yeah, you know, I mean, 
So I, I, I get it's just, and, just and, you know, they just they look at me puzzled. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I just can't yeah. believe that they don't understand some of the most simple math type of equation taking yeah. place. But I, I again, I, 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 I kind of I, I beat up on certain aspects of uh, the United States only because I wanted to improve. And when I look at our educational systems, they're not teaching the right kind of math. I mean, they're they're, they're trying to push off trigonometry no. and algebra one, algebra two, and I'm thinking, you know. Yeah. Now, Skip, now you might be a little bit different because you went into the electronics field and stuff like that, but almost anybody else I would have talked to, I like, have you ever had to use, after you graduated high school, have you ever used algebra or trigonometry? And they're like, oh, no. But in that, in that, what I call practical math, if you simply talk about, well, one day I'm going to buy a house and my house is going to, my, my payments are going to cost me this and my interest rate on my loan is going to cost me that. I mean, if you literally could put things applied to that, or if you say, you're going to get a, get a job. And part of your job is they're yeah. going to take up this kind of a social security tax out of you. Talk about, you know, yeah. 30 years from now when I retire with the gold watch. See, you know, you're from the era that yeah. you still remember this and the opportunities were there. To the young people today, after working 30 years, there is no retirement. There is no yeah. uh, gold watch that you walk away. You young people today will be working forever because of i'll say inflation because there are no longer any pensions uh most all things are self-directed type of iras and you have our government that's trying to dip into our money that we saved and invested and they're still trying to invade areas that they should not evade because most of our government never worked at a real job or they never ran i should yeah. say they, they, they worked at but but they never ran a real company and to me now and you want to put yeah. these same people as the leaders of our country and they don't have actually a, a, a they have no real knowledge of how yeah. to make how, how to balance the budget relate. yeah again that's where it's, i always yeah, tell people that it's not that i'm trying to just beat up on them i i, I as Skip, you know me forever. I always tell people, I'm going to grab you by the scruff of the neck, and I'm going to rub your face into the cow pie of reality. Doesn't smell or, or taste all that good, but the thing is, it's the reality of it, and that's what I want. I want yeah. I want people to wake up and to say, you know, this is your country. Make your voice heard, yeah. and, and, and make your representatives accountable, because the reality is, your tax dollars, just like my tax do- dollars, are paid for their salaries. So thus, yes, so thus, they are really our employees, and yet they, they're looking at us as subservience of them. I think, oh, no, there, yeah. there, 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 there really yeah. does need to be a big correction in this in our country, but it's kind of going, I, I'm kind of yeah. going off into a tangent right now. Let, let's, let me kind of reel it back on in here. <laughs> okay. Did you... Did you, okay, but you grew up, you had these responsibilities, and again, you, you know, hunting and things of nature, using guns at, at a very young age, and, and it, it, yeah. it was probably your father that, that brought you out to kind of show you what to do in the first place, yeah, just so yeah. that you weren't going to, you know, sh- end up shooting yourself in yep. the process. Yeah, um, you know, I was pretty much, except for the times that, we, we, that I started with him, and after that, you know, we thought nothing of, of myself, my, myself and and my friends going hunting, you know, just that the two of us are, and we did that forever camping out as well. Uh, you know, that all that was there is America. How I got into fighting is so, goes right along with that. Um, 
we, we had a we had a, a delicatessen uh, uh, one part of Birmingham, and then uh, the boys' club. It, I go to it wasn't even close to our home, so when I go to the store, as I called it, from uh, from our home, uh, I had to have something to do. So there was a boys' club in Birmingham, and. You know, the kids back then with a bike or walked in this case I was walking because they didn't have a bike there what, 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 what I, age I, I what age started skip what, what age would I, what, 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 what would you have been at this time frame it was 12 13 okay all right and then, and I stayed a member there for for years actually became a counselor form uh, uh, it you know when in their summer camps but I had to walk through to the boys club back to our store I had to walk through the projects and first few times i went through there you know they were checking me out but then after about the second or third time they you know a guy come down much older than me much bigger than me and just beat the crap out of me i mean truly did and so when i got home and i came back to the boys club a couple of days later there was a guy there, he's passed away now. There was a guy there that was in charge of that. And he said, you know, if you don't learn to fight, he said, you're probably not going to live to see 16 years so. old. And wow. that was true. So I, I started boxing at the, at the boys club. And it was, you know, back then, if you boxed for someone, if, if they got you in the ring, uh, your reward for that is you got a candy bar when you got through <laughs> <laughs> so you try to find somebody that wasn't going to kill you and both you two kind of work out a deal said you know don't hit me too hard i won't hit you too hard and it was at the end you get the candy bar but you know we had some interesting things back then but after that a bunch of the guys in the project were at members of the club and they said leave them alone so that's how i got started and then from that was you know karate so you went from boxing to karate what, anything else yeah, in, was, in between there before again i'm just all talking, i'm looking at all the precursors before you jumped into mma because that's where i first met you was at mma so again i just want to fill people in before we get yeah. into the mma portion well when when i i got to south korea uh my, my first week or so there you know we would go out to the village and drink a lot uh and, and get in a lot of trouble but <laughs> So that South Koreans, I saw one big American guy go out and he was pushing some South Koreans around. And the guy was much, much smaller than the, the American. It was a South Korean guy he was giving a hard time to. And the South Korean just beat the fool out of that big guy from America. And so I went to him after the fight was over to the South Korean. I said, I want to know what you do. I want to know how you did that. And I saw that, I witnessed that, and I don't have any clue what you're doing. And about the same thing when later on when I started MMA, Jiu-Jitsu. But anyway, that's how I got started. So I took Taekwondo and Hapkido. I started that in, in my, from South Korea. And that's how I got started and, you know, the, all the way up. And from there, went to, I uh, owned a school, did, did, you know, took, Taekwondo and taught Taekwondo and had two or three schools and had some real good mentors, you know, that were, uh, had been around a long time. But back then, 
Dan, it was, uh, there weren't a lot of, a lot of martial arts schools around, you know, certainly not much grappling. And, you know, I went to country school. We didn't have wrestling and we had football and baseball and basketball. So there wasn't a whole lot that you could get, you know, unless you went, you know, out, uh, out of the, the circle. And I was fortunate. Yeah, I feel like I was fortunate because you learned to, as you know, you learn how to protect yourself and your family later on. Yep. No, no, I, uh, I totally agree with you on that, uh, Skip. It just, you know, it's where, uh, again, we're talking about a whole different type here inside the United States. Uh, there's yeah. a whole culture difference. And I actually found it pretty interesting you said that both of your parents work because I would have thought for sure that uh, your father yeah. would have been the, like the primary worker and that your mom would have been more, more like a stay-at-home mom or something like that because I was going to bring up the difference right there. But it was actually, they were very, very uh, ahead of their times as well, that yeah. the fact that both that uh, your mom was working at time. Yeah. My mom was was a character. Um, I got a few stories that are just, just epitomizes what that is. That same store that I used to walk to that we owned, uh, that back then you had to you, to get a beer license, you know, to be able to sell beer, you had to have a spotless record. And my dad had been a cop, so you know he, we didn't have any record like that. But you had to go to city hall and you know and, and go through the rigmarole back then and and get and take the beer license. Down on the same block that we had a store, there was a, a beer truly a beer joint there. So. And they kept giving dad a hard time about uh, at, at City Hall about getting a beer license. My mom got in a cab and she went down to City Hall. She come back in a police car with the license. Did your father escort your mother back? <laughs> yeah, she, she was... A, a terror she uh and we had a, a, a beer joint as we called it back then and dad worked he always worked in the grocery business and stuff like that or, you know back then in the in the curtis candy company you know paper makers of baby ruth and butterfinger and you know he was had a route and did that and worked with associated grocers but mom always worked in the stores and uh even later on in a restaurant but um she, she uh, I'll tell you one quick story. When we had the quote, beer joint, which me as a first grader, I, I got education back in the back of that store. And it, by a guy that, that was just helped us around. I mean, that's really how I started. But I seen my mom chase grown men out of there with a butcher knife. Yeah, you did not <laughs> want to fool with her. She smoked. Which back then was pretty unusual. Well, again, too. yes, for a lady and, to do that, you betcha. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And she, she was a character. She never learned to drive. And the reason for that is kind of a sad when her mom and dad were both killed in a car accident on Christmas Day. Oh, wow. So she, she just wouldn't have no part of it. Uh, there was, you know, somebody always took her around. Uh, so that's... You know, that was, fam- you're right, family life back then was altogether different. Um, it's, so was when we got in trouble back then, that was different too. Nothing like today. I mean, the things I did back then today wouldn't even be on the, on the you know, 
Okay. Well, on the chart. Because well, if if you got in trouble back then, okay, okay. If if you're in, in school and if you got in trouble, what would have what would have happened to you, or what did happen to you? Well, it, often, unfortunately, uh, our our principal in high school. I'll just use this as an example. He had a two by four with hose drilled in the end of it. And that's what he would use to, to give you licks if you got in trouble. Okay. And I got, usually it was always three, but one time, uh, actually I think the last time that I got in trouble in school, it was, it's a long story, but he, when I went in to have my licks, after three, I, I just stood up, you know, got bent up over again. He, said, he smiled and he said, uh-uh. So he gave me two more licks, five licks, and my fanny was black and blue then. And, and I had a football game that night. And, you know, I, I caught uh, uh, a little bit of playing on the receiving team. And, um, and that's the only touchdown I think I ever, I ever scored because uh, they kicked off and uh, I got the ball and took off. And I didn't want anybody to hit me because my butt was sore. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, again, all the way. Well, know. that that's one of the things again that that is now gone from our school systems. What was known as corporal punishment. Yeah. Again, whether it be licks or a lot of times it was it was a paddling that you would receive. Whether you received it yeah. in the classroom right then and there, or you were sent to the principal's office and the principal would take uh, take care of that. I mean, I yeah. You know, fast forward to today, you have uh, students that will look at you and they'll be like. If you touch me, my parents will sue. I'm thinking. Oh yeah. I hate to say, it, but yep. you, you, you little shit. If your parents would have did the right thing in the first place, see, a lot of parents yeah. do not parent, and they send them to school yeah. hoping that the teachers will parent you. No, no, you are their child. You were, you're, yes. you were the one that was supposed to be. If anything, you, if you get in trouble at school. Again, back in your in my era, if you would have got in trouble at school, you first got your SWATs by the principal. When you got back home, you got yeah. some additional SWATs from your mom or your dad because yeah. you got in trouble at school. Yeah. My mom, um, you know, she would send me outside to get a switch when I get in trouble. And so you go down, you pull pull a limb off and, 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 and take it in, and she'd spank you with it. Yes. Well... I got on, caught onto that pretty quick. So I started kind of breaking them, but putting them back together, sort of, you know, so, so it wouldn't hurt as bad. She, she would send me out two and three and four times to get another switch. But you're right, it's altogether different. And I tell you what, a lot of those same uh, in between, you know, that time when I was young, to, I was older and had a karate school, they would bring their, they would enroll their kids in martial arts. Because, you know, when around, it's, you, know, you get in there, you've got to do what the, what the instructor says. And uh, so a lot of them would bring them to you. And, you know, the, we became a, a babysitter of sort. And some of those kids grew up, you know, right there with us. And you know, that's pretty fortunate. That's one of the good things. Before. I, I totally agree. E even now, if you fast forward to today, uh, because uh, kids are not being parented properly, uh, they're not learning what they should be learning at home uh, and acted up. They're not learning anything at school and, and acted up. The martial arts yeah. arena is literally the last frontier where true 
character traits are taught. They're, they're taught respect. They're taught honor. Yep. They're, 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 they're two to uh, make uh, eye yep. contact with you. They're two to shake yep. hands. They're two to say, yes, sir. Uh, yes, ma'am. You know, to speak yep. directly to you. Yep. And, and, and that's one of the things that I do like about the martial arts, irregardless yep. of the martial art that is being taught, because obviously I think that certain things are better than others, but at the same token, but the sheer fact that that is that frontier, I'm all for it, just for the fact that make some responsible, intelligent, well-mannered yeah. citizens, bottom line. We and need more they, of that. i tell you what, what I would tell parents that come in that want to enroll their, their, their youngster is um, I would tell them, you know, the, they would say, you know, black belt at, at 11 years old, what, what can they really do? And they go, you know what, what that really means is that that young person did something to the end. They accomplished something. They went from a white belt to a black belt and they actually finished something they started. And yeah. that, that was the message that, you know, that a lot of them went away with. And they couldn't do that in anything else at, at you know, 9, 10, 11, 12 years old. So they t you learn them, you taught them at, at a young age. Yeah, you know, the value of that finishing something you started. Yep. I always thought that there should be like a two-tier system. There should be the, the, this youth program of these uh, color belts. And then as you hit to a yeah. certain different age bracket, there should be another tier system because you are, you're not, you, you yeah. did not start at five years of age. You're starting now, now at 25 years of age. So there yes. should be a different tier type of thing to where you're still a white yeah. belt, but there should be just a little bit, type, a little bit different type of tier because yeah. I do see there where you are, you might be 25 and you're staying right next to this five-year-old. They, they are worlds apart. Yeah. I mean, you know, Skip, you know me for a number of years. Oh, yeah. I, I love teaching the sport of average wrestling. I simply know that if I have a five-year-old and then I have this 16-year-old, they're just, they're worlds apart for how long they're going to really listen I, to me. And, and, and I could teach a lot more basic fundamentals to the youth where I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that this what this this uh, other student that is in high school now he probably has a few more years underneath him. He should have a basic foundation, yeah. and now I could actually lay a few few more layers on top of that. Yeah. Different question for you. Yeah. I, I, and again, I I don't know this because I'm I, as I'm sitting there, I'm thinking siblings. Do you did you do you have any siblings? I do. I have uh, one uh, brother that lives about uh, ten miles from me now. He's a preacher. And I have another brother and sister. Uh, I was oldest, so I got in trouble first and cleared the path for him. Well, yeah, then, I can uh, say people don't understand. The see, I, I, I was son number two, second board, and I, I, I go see. I yeah. saw, I saw the the heat that my older brother took. Us going, well, oh, I'm learning from his <laughs> his experiences. So <laughs> I, true. I understand That's you true. be the oldest and be coming right back after you. I, I, I understand that one. <laughs> yes. And we, we fought a lot, you know, the ages difference between me and his brother, you know, it was two, four, six, eight, you know, that was, we, we were two years apart, all of us. Uh -huh. And uh, so, you know, I got to fight with my younger brother, the, you know, the one below me and my sister back then, she was kind of on the path of my mom. Uh, she, she was also uh, pretty independent, but, you know, it, it, um, They've, they both, they, my brother, oldest brother and sister, they've gone on and done a lot of things too. My youngest brother um, works, he's a machinist and uh, real good. He built a lot of the equipment 
that my dad used in the business because they had to be stainless steel past the health department oh, rules, yeah. you know. But uh, yeah, they and none of them ended up going in and martial arts or, or even any sports, which is really strange, Dan, because one the brother underneath me, the youngest brother, was a natural athlete and never ever used it. Um, you know, had had height, had strength, had you know everything that that you would want to have to go from that. But you just never, never, you just never participated in any sports? Did jump into football or basketball no. or baseball? Wow. Nope, never did. And we tried. You know, even when I got older and tried to, to bring him along. He, he just wouldn't have any part of that. Now, it's very, very masculine, him and my other brother, my older brother, they were, you know, they, but uh, the brother underneath me, uh, age-wise, he uh, participated a little bit, but he was, uh, he's an engineer type, and, you know, that, I was kind of both. I got in trouble and, and ended up, I don't know how I got where I got in some of the places. I know Actually, I should have got my butt beat a lot more than I did. <laughs> well, well, let's let's go. So, oh, I'm sorry. Continue, please. I, I, that was it. I was just, you know, going over to, to martial arts. And there's a story when I started. I don't know if you, if I've told you before, but you know, I was teaching. I had a bunch of guys in MMA. I got, uh, I was on a plane coming back from Japan. You know, I was working for uh, General Motors Overseas Corporation in IT or DP. And the guy that was sitting on the, on the seat next to me was Carson Gracie. And so I'm looking at a martial arts magazine. And he, uh, he says, you do martial arts? And I go, yeah. Uh, he, I, I, and I said, what do you do? Because then nobody knew him. Yeah, they were still in Brazil. And he says, we, we, we do uh, different kind of martial arts. So I had a job back then. I went to Sao Paulo. You know, I had I had Europe, Australia, uh, Puerto Rico, and South America. That was my geography for, for General Motors overseas jobs for all their computer stuff. And so I said, I'm, I'm going to, uh, where are you from? He said, uh, Brazil, Sao Paulo. I go, I got to go there in a couple of weeks. So I went, he said, come into, come into the, uh, studio you know we'll, we'll, we'll talk well I went in and carried my you know my gear with me and everything and it was just him and I in there and we talked for a little bit and he said you want to you know you want to you want to spar some I said sure well in a period of uh, 30 minutes he beat me at least six different ways and I'd never seen before because <laughs> you know all the stuff that we did was stand up you know we didn't do any ground if you got on the ground you were whooped and um so that's that's how I met him, and uh, then several years later they come to, uh, you know, ended up coming to the states as you know, and with MMA and yep. uh, that's it, it. I had a guy that that uh, that worked for me, and uh, he called me. He was one of my students too, and he called me one day and he said MMA. You know, it, we didn't even call it MMA back then. I know you know. And, and HB, and and HB yes, and HB, no yes, holes barred. Yes. Absolutely. And he called me, he was the guy that built the ring for, uh, for USC. And, and, and he, so they're having a match in Birmingham and, 
and he was putting the, the octagon together. And he called me, said, you, do you want to come? You know, you want to meet uh, you know, the Grace? I said, sure. So I went and, I, you know, I, as a guest then, and um, that's how I eventually got to USA. But there's a story before that. I have to tell you this one. I've been teaching for 10 or 12 years, and you're right, I was over 50. <laughs> and we, one of my students had a fight in uh, New Orleans, so we went down there. And we're coming back, and my uh, my son, and he leans over the back seat, and he says, Mom, why don't you let Pop fight? And she said, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to hold him back, although she was, okay? But... Uh, so I was over 50. She thought, she, she said, told my son, she said, okay, I'll let him fight, sure. Well, she only said that because she thought of my age, no one would put me in the, in the cage. There. So <laughs> she was wrong. Two days later, I got a call. <laughs> you know, after I told everybody I was going to And the rest, of, and I got, oh, you know, like you got a hundred million stories about that. But when I started, I would tell you what, uh, she put a, a note on the refrigerator and this is the next day. Okay. So you, I you, say a, that, you say that Sally did this? Yeah, she okay. did. Okay. So the next day I get up and I go in the kitchen and there's a note on the refrigerator. And I don't know about you and the rest of the people, but if you go in and you, your wife has written you a note, you either mm. didn't do something or you screwed up something, right? You're in trouble. Well, she wrote something. <laughs> oh, yeah. But the note she, she, she put was, do you do what you do because of who you are, because of who you want to be? And I go. Interesting. I started real quick. Yeah. I started, I'll never forget it. And I started real quick to, to answer it. But I, I found that I couldn't, you know, because the answer was yes, you know, period. Well, so that was after I accepted a fight in, in, in England. Do you remember Jamie Levine? Oh, yeah, of course I do. I got some, some great stories with Jamie yeah. Levine, you bet. <laughs> Me too. He, uh, uh, my first fight was uh, one of the shows that Jamie put on, uh, and I shouldn't have fought it. The guy was bigger than, than you were when I fought. It was 6'5", 265, uh, but I did, so... She, it's in another crazy story. We were in Atlanta getting ready for a fight the next day. And um, it was on from ESPN at that time. But they couldn't put it on air because, you know, we were kind of prevented from that. So I think everything, I mean, was, I think cool. everything was being shot, shot to video, right? I think a lot was just being put yeah. out videotapes and they'd be, end up at your local blockbuster or days of that nature. Yep. That's it. Yeah, they on TV, you know, all the troubles we had with that. But yes. So I'm, I'm out there, my wife's out there with me, and we're next to the pool, a couple other guys and their wives. And she, she comes walking out, and she said, Skip, she said, uh, there's a guy you're going to fight. I said, okay. She said, uh, let's go home. Nobody will ever know. She said, <laughs> let's, know, let's, let's go home. Because <laughs> he was big. <laughs> Yeah, he was big. You know, I'm five nine at, at, at most. And uh, she said, "Let's go home. Nobody will know. Really, <laughs> let's go." Wow. She, and she had a right to be uh, to be afraid because that was a pretty brutal fight back then. But yeah, we we came a long way, didn't we? 
Oh, I see a lot of people, well, again, they won't understand it because they're so used to seeing mixed martial arts today with all the weight classes, but then back then, there was no way yet because Never. there was no weight class. They just yeah. just matched you up and yeah. say, well, are you willing to fight this guy? Yep. You didn't know. You really didn't know the background. Are they a taekwondo guy, a yeah. boxer, kickboxer, a wrestler, yeah. uh, jujitsu? I mean, it, you just did not know. Yeah. It was like the wild, wild west. You know, that, you're right. And it was, you know, that, that was, a, I hate to say it, the fun of it because, they, you know, you get, lot, you get beat up a lot. But I'll never forget the first time I saw you fight. It was in Birmingham. Okay, weren't, weren't we on the same card together though? I I, I remember like what we were on a card together. At, it's where we first met. That was in uh, uh, in Georgia when when you and I were on the same card together, and I think it might have been one of Jamie's uh, Jamie Levine's. Well, uh, again, you, you you're probably uh, right about that there too. I just remember I kept thinking, yeah. you know, because I always, you know, I kept thinking I, I was one of the older competitors that I see you have taken a while. You I were. Go, to me, it's, I, I, I look at that going, I got all kinds of time to fight. Look, this guy over here. He, <laughs> literally, that's what I was thinking to myself. I'm thinking, oh, I got plenty of time. <laughs> you know, we, when when you and I fought, I get finished stadium story at Birmingham. So, you know, back then, too, remember, you you didn't fight one fight a night. Not like they do now. They'll fight one fight. Like, I could never go to the UFC and fight. I forget who the guy was the matchmaker then for, for you know for them. But he he said no. He said because uh, you, you know you couldn't you you couldn't stand the you know the training and everything at my age. Well, I accepted that for a long time. As you know, I became a judge and then referee, et cetera. But um, when I saw you, it was a, a tournament, and um, I was trying to Don Fry. I think may have. May have been. I don't know if Don fought or not, but that 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 whole thing. You know, he fought once, and if he won, that was good news. And the bad news is you got to fight again in the next 15, 20 minutes. Yes. And I'll never forget going to. I take my students that I could into the locker room to see the guys. You know, and see, I said, so you see that guy? He's all beat up. He won. He won the fight. You know, so if you if you're willing to do this, you know, you got to see, and that's what's going to happen. But uh, you were in that tournament. You won that. I was trying to remember who you who you fought, but there was, um, and actually a couple of them are have passed away now. Uh, well, that's... there was a uh, who was the guy that fought Mark, uh, a black guy. He, he went. He fought for a while. I talk about Mark. Uh, he Mark, actually won. Mark Colbert. Yeah, uh... he fought Mark. Well, uh, I can't remember. Okay. But he, uh, you know, it, it, he, I never forget. I had a judge that had a judge to fight with him. And, um, I can't remember who it was now, but he, uh, he got on top. That's when the low lay and pray came in. You remember that? Or a oh. guy would lay on top of you. <laughs> and then eventually the referee was supposed to get you up. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of people that, that were doing these he delay and pray, or, or, or but as long as you stayed active, because a lot of times the referee would start to talk yeah. to you, it did be active. Yeah. But this this fight wasn't, and I, I can't even remember who was in what, the was fight. It, was it, was it, the only, only thing but, I can think of right now would be like a big daddy, Gary Gary Goodrich. Was, was, would that have been it? The person that we're talking about right now? He's a no, big, big arm wrestling the champion. Yeah, this, this guy, 
if I can remember, I know you know him because he was he was pretty good. Okay, uh, fought in a lot of a lot of big matches, but he uh, uh, he was on the laying parade, so he was on top of the guy the whole time, and the guy on the bottom just kept banging away on him, never stopped hitting him, even though he's on the bottom. So, uh, but the guy on the top didn't do, you know, didn't bang bang him at all. He was basically laying and praying the fight to get over. Well, so I, as a judge for that, for USC on that, I I, uh, I picked the, the the other guy to win. You know, and we had a hotel room in Birmingham then that USC provided, and he was not happy the with the, you know, with the results. You know, because back then I guess, you know, you got to stay active. That was key, and he never did. And his head was he had a. a he had dyed his hair, uh, you know, blonde, and he had a real short haircut. And it was just, it became, if he come out of the fight, it was red. And that was for the guy on the bottom just kept beating the fool out of him, and his head was bleeding. Oh, well, wow. Got, the guy was sitting next to me. I mean, his room was next to me on that hotel. He was not happy. He screamed and hollered up all up and down the hall, and, all, and my wife and I were in the room. And, and I said, let's go eat. She says, I'm not going out there. <laughs> she said, I'm not going because he was, I said, come on, let's go. He's not We had to eat that night in the room. She wouldn't go out. But uh, I wish I could remember his name. And he's, he's passed away now. He fought a lot for Jamie as well. So would that been, I wish I could was remember. That, was that, was that uh, part of the Haber House? Was that Kevin, uh, Kevin Randleman for chats? Again, if it was, yeah, a, if it, it was Kevin. Yeah. Okay, because like I say, Kevin You're was, right. it it was, was Kevin. quite a Kevin was a real physical specimen, but he had blonde hair at one point time yes. as, as well. Oh yeah. So the more you, you started describing yeah, it, it sounded like okay, yeah. Yeah, that was him, and his hair was red after that fight, and uh, man, it was it was the final of that fight. Not I don't you weren't in, in this this particular one, but I remember taking one of my students to the to the guy's dressing room, and uh, he, he was pretty bloody. And, uh, and I said, he won. And yeah. so we're willing to do this. That's, that's the way it is. Because back then, as you know, we had no rules. And I asked his coach, I asked Mark's coach back then, I said, is he going to be able to fight his next fight? He goes, oh, yes, he'll be all right. He just needs a little air. Well, he needed air in, in uh, Arizona because he was beat up. But he came back out and fought. You know, people don't know that back then we had no way groups. Had no age groups, never had an age group. Nope. Even though the guy wouldn't let me fight. But, uh, you know, had had a couple of rules, and that was it. And, you know, didn't make anything like the money they're making. Today. Oh, yeah, no, it was, uh, it was, you know, I would actually be embarrassed to even say what some of the, the, the prices that I, I received way back Wait. then. But I even say, even working yeah. for the number one company, the UFC. My first time ever walking into that UFC octagon, my guarantee was $1,000 to walk inside of a cage. Once again, the rule sets were NHB, you know, nobody do I gouge you, yeah. even dead. Those were, were not grounds yeah. for disqualification. No, no gloves. It was bare knuckled. Uh, they allowed me to wear wrestling shoes, yeah. but they're like, oh, well, if you wear wrestling shoes, you can't kick or stop anybody. I'm thinking, well, what did I lose? I don't kick or stop in the first I place. I remember that. And, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. I just, I, I was flying by the seat of my pants because what was my training camp? Five days, an hour and a half a day. And I walked into the, the crazy world of cage yeah. fighting. So, you know. Yeah. At least you had wrestling 
as a background. A lot of those guys didn't. They were they were they were kickboxers because they fought with you know, and that's what I did first. Pro was doing that. Um, and actually, I think that's much worse. You'll probably agree with me. Much worse sport because guys were kicking a head or hitching a head. Yes. That's all they could do. And uh, it, it, there was no it, taking a time out to break. It's one thing to be hit with a fist, but when you get hit with the whole power of a leg or get hit with a knee, yeah. people don't realize the devastation power, how much no. bigger, thicker that, that leg is, and, and you get a little momentum on that. Even if yeah. it hits you into a rib cage or if it hits you into the high part of your thigh or something like that, it's going to, you know, it stings yeah. you pretty good, but but if you hit one, or if you hit two or three more anywhere in that vicinity, it's going to put you down because yeah. it just that, that bruise just deepens and deepens and hurts that much more. I mean, a classic yes. example was Paul Varland's, uh when he fought uh, Marco Huaz uh, from Brazil, and Marco Huaz simply chopped down the polar bear with these devastating yeah. leg kicks to where Paul yeah. couldn't walk anymore and toppled him, and that was. That just showed, yeah. again, a David versus yeah. Goliath scenario. One, uh, one of the, and, and, you know, not, except for you, you and I, I didn't kick, but when uh, I would try and put my martial arts and my kicking in there, and I used to come out uh, in, in a right-handed stance. I'm, I'm ambidextrous, although my son would say I was confused. That's what he said. Because I, <laughs> I didn't favor right or left-handed. And, and so he said, you're confused, Dad. So, but I would come out uh, right-handed, and then I would do a, Switch a, you know, a, a spin, either kick. Yeah. And and after, then I was back in my natural stance. But, yeah, the back then was all together. My first match in Atlanta lasted 22 minutes. On one round, right? 22 yeah. minutes. And I swore after that I would never go more than one round. Yeah. But, you know, because it it could go on and on and on until you either tapped or the guy quit. So a lot of people did not realize, even during the the, the time of the UFC in those early beginnings, the average match for a no holds barred match in the UFC was two minutes twenty two seconds. So to think that you went twenty some odd minutes, that's that's like the value of a couple couple tournaments over, knowing that there's only two things you really can't do, you know. Yep. Well, the, the guy I fought, I can't remember his name now, but uh, he he had gotten out on parole. I'm not, this is the truth. He got out on parole and um, he was big. I don't think he ever fought but a couple of fights after that. But uh, he, he, he picked me up and slammed me. And I don't think I've ever been that high in the air since, you know, without jumping off something. But he and it made the USC's uh, not the USC made Jamie Levine's real, you know, his fight real. But um, it, you know, I always would re re revert back to, you know, I started boxing the boys' club, and I was comfortable doing that. Uh, and I remember when I met you first, you didn't even wrap your hands, did you? No, no, you I, 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 I yeah. never. I, I actually, when they finally started wearing wear gloves. They wanted you to wrap your your hands. Well, I I, I would always I, I never wrap my hands. Or then at one show finally, the, I mean the athletic commission was hovering over top of me. You must wrap your hands. I go, what is the bare bones minimum? I had to put on my hands. They're like, well, at least one piece of gauze, one piece of tape. So yeah. I put the one piece of gauze, one piece of tape, and literally <laughs> as I'm shoving my hand into the glove, it's falling off. 
And the athletic commission yep. said, and the athletic commission is like, well, that's not going to do you any good. I go, what part of I don't want to wear any tape at all because yeah. I wasn't uh, skip. I always tell people I was not going to win fist of cuffs. That's not my my forte. But the way that they taped, the way that they taped your hands, it would restrict your movement to where you literally almost couldn't yeah. really clinch people. And and to me, as I go, I'm not going to win fist of cuffs. I'm going to win for the fact that I could grab and I could grapple. And that's where, what I, yep. I, I did. Yeah. Well, when, when you and I, when I finally, you know, they. I, 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 want, us, I want us to lead up to the story there because there's, there's a lot, actually, there's a lot of comedy to the whole whole match there in, in, in uh, essence. I mean, absolutely. you know, and, and the fact that uh, I think uh, uh, Sally was almost like, you know, going to scold us both. <laughs> you would. Or when, when I told her you and I were going to fight, you know, she would go to me at all the fights. Yeah, I tell everybody she was the best uh, MMA fan there was. And, and she never watched one of my fights, never did. We went to anyone we fought there, and she wouldn't watch. And she never would. And she was, you know, she knew every rule. You know, she was uh, very, very articulate in that. But she said, why have you taken a fight with Dan? And I said, well, you know, we, we're, we're friends. We're going to fight, though. And uh, she said, uh, well, he'll, he'll, he'll kill you. And I go, well, Dan, don't strike. I said, he's going to, I'll, I'll have to cap. And I did, you know, I said, he, he does a crossbody. I said, I, I know that's what he's going to end up doing. He don't want, he don't want to punch. And I said, so, you know, I, the chances of me coming on up without being bloody are really pretty good, but she did not. And, and, and people don't know. Do you remember where you stayed that night before you stayed at my house? Yes. <laughs> We're going to fight I, I know. Day. I, mean, I mean, how many people yeah. would, could even, even fan the fact that I stayed at your home? I've, I've eaten at your, 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 your house there with you, with you guys. And, and that fact, yeah. well, I, I still remember when, when the promoter, again, I forget his name, but when the promoter contacted me, right. he contacted me a couple of times. And I simply turned, I said, I turned the match down. I, I go, and, he, and, and the promoter said, well, why? I said, I said, I've got, I've got no axe to grind with with a skip. I go, I, I go, I totally respect the man. I go, I, I go, I, I love Skip. You know, I, I love to see. I go, he's yeah. he's my inspiration here right now. I go, I don't want to go against. I, I said that's. <laughs> I hope I hope to be his age one day and, and still doing this this kind of stuff. He's my <laughs> he's my hero in the process. And I remember when you called me up. I mean, all I know is that you said all kinds of wonderful things, and all I simply know is as the phone is hanging up, I go, I just realized. I just, I agreed to fight Skip Hall. And I'm thinking, yeah. I'm, yeah. In, I'm in a no-win situation here right now. It's kind of going, you know, I mean, I get, I get take take this you know, the kindly because I mean this with all, all my heart every now and go, if I win, so what? I, I, I beat a 63-year-old guy. You know, people aren't going yeah. to be pulling cartwheels over that. But but I go, but on the counterpart, if I lose, I just lost to a 63-year-old guy. So it's like a double-edged sword right now. It's like going, I'm in a no-win yeah. situation. And then that night of yeah. the fight, I mean, I, I, I literally, I could see it in your eyes. It's like going, skip, skip. He, skip is geeked up. He's he's ready, he's ready to go. And I'm thinking, I'm torn here right now. I was like going, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do this match here at, at all here. I mean, I'm thinking I, I'm going to be I'm flying by the seat of my pants. I don't think I could do out here. Well, all, all I know is when, when they when know, they said fight, you came up, you're blazing your hands and stuff like this. I'm trying to parry, parry punches and, and trying to get to a, a clinch of sorts. And then I, as I get as I yep. get as I get the clinch, it's kind of going. Normally, I would I would launch somebody, and, and in the process of launching them, 
I would become airborne so that when we made impact, you, you would hit the mat first, and then I would hit with my 265, 275 pound body with yeah. all that momentum. And towards like, if I cracked a rib, if I broke a rib, if I knocked the wind out of you, to me, it's like going, in, in, my, yeah. in my book, that was all bonus points off of the throw. And, and it was always easier yeah. to finish people when I would do stuff like that. I'm thinking, I can't do this to skip. You know, I, you know, again, I, I'm trying to think. We did. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, what's funny, I tell people say, I have a guy the other day, he's a deputy up here in the county, and I'm a reserve deputy up here. And uh, he, TJ, uh, he's actually the public relations guy now for a great guy, black preacher in the area up here, but really a super guy. He, uh, he, he said the other day, he, he sent me an email, he said, I forget what it was. He said, and and you know, Dan, you fought Dan. I said, uh, yeah, it wasn't much of a fight. I said, but, uh, uh, you know, he, I said, at one time, I don't know if you know it or not. I think I told you before. You and I, that that fight was the oldest, had the, the oldest prize fighters ever. Yes. Now, that's, yes. later on, somebody beat that, but. Uh, and people say no, it wasn't, but it was. You know, truly yeah, was. Yeah, I, I, I actually, I tell people that I, I knew there was one other match that that said they beat ours, but I kept thinking, I, yes. I, I would like to know really who that was because I think, right. it, I think some, I think two guys basically staged something just so they could say that. Or I mean, ours was actually was was actually a a, a legitimate actual yes. combat match of the no holes barred yes. era. Yeah. And I tell you what, they uh, that what you said. If you won, you would you just beat an older guy. If you lost, then you got beat by an older. Guy. Yeah. That actual th- that that saying is was the reason I had a hard time finding fights, and I'd have to take fights that I really shouldn't have been in. Oh, I I, and, I, I uh, totally agree. I I, I, I could see it from that perspective. I could see that from different perspective right yeah. there. The promoters like going, you know, but we'll, we'll give you this guy. It's kind of like going, and now you're kind of like, well, this is my going to be my only opportunity. I, I may have to take this opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Who Who is a matchmaker in the USC back then? You remember? I can't remember his name. Oh, I mean, there's been several different ones. There was a John Peretti at one point in time. There was a boy. It was John Peretti. Okay. Yeah. And John told me, he said, I said, I want to, you know, after I fought for a couple of years, I said, I'd like to fight in the U.S. And he goes, can't do it. I said, I'm one, you couldn't stand the, the repetition. If you won, you'd have to fight again. I said, and then he said the same thing you said. If you fight and you get hurt, he goes, I'm in trouble. And he said, you could really get hurt. I, go, I know that. My dad, who was five then, he, I told him, I came in and said, I'm do MMA fighting. He goes, you can get hurt. I said, I, I know that. I said, man, I can hurt them too. And he never said the word, but he never got to see me fight. So, oh really? Uh, okay. His, yeah, never did. I don't know if you know or not. My my real name is uh, Jess Willard. Oh, I, I did not know that. Well, yeah, Jess Willard was called the Great White Hope in boxing because he fought the black guy that was heavyweight champion, and. Uh, they were thinking that Jess Wheeler was going to beat this guy. That was back, you know, they did boxing back then with, uh, you know, you do round after round after round, and they were, you know, bare knuckles. 
couldn't do any of the other stuff, but that, so they would, and, you know, they fought. It's so funny because people that, that knew, my dad was named after him, you know, I was a junior. And so I kind of got, you know, toyed with a little bit later in high school, you know, because people would, uh, you know, use that and say, you know, you you got a boxing background. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you know, I knew enough to sometimes not get hurt. Uh, yeah, but people don't know you and I spent the, you know, you was at our house at night. Sally has a picture. Everybody listen, Sally's my wife. Sally has a picture of you and I lying on the carpet in our living room. And we're, I think you're on a computer or something, the phone or whatever, me too. <laughs> and to caption under that, we're two nerds. So you're two nerds, and you, you know, kind of funny. A guy asked me one time, you know, was was interviewing me, and I remember some of those interviews are stupid, but he said, uh, he, he said, you know, you're you're an engineer, and the guy I was fighting at that time in Birmingham was also an engineer. He said, you guys should know better than this. And I go, you know, so some people play golf. We just hit each other in the face. I mean, you know, that's what, <laughs> what we do. And I said, you know, not that I dislike the guy or anything, but it's just what we're supposed to do. Um, you know, they, and I know, you know, the, back then that the draw from all this was, you no, know, I was barred. In um, the first match I saw, uh, uh, I don't know who the first was, the Gracie's was, but it was like watching grass grow. You know, it was all on the ground. And at that time, most people didn't know anything about uh, ground yes, fighting yes. and yeah, jiu-jitsu, period. Yeah, so it was like watching grass grow, you know, and he would win and he would win and he would win and he would win. And, and people, you know, people even thought uh, some of the matches were put on. I go, you need to go to the locker room, you need to go to the dressing room and see them after the fight. It's, it's not put on. Yeah. So... You know, today I can show my hands, uh, my knees, my legs. You know, I, I, I did a lot of fighting, kickboxing, did a lot of boxing, and then, of course, MMA. And uh, uh, I'm, I'm kind of paying for it. I don't know if I'm paying for it because there I'm just getting old, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't my know. God. Well, uh, well, let me you, uh, I'm, go ahead, Skip. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I go ahead. That's all right. Go. Well, basically, I wondered, okay, wait, go, I, I, I think you said you're 73 now? Uh, yeah. Okay. Almost 74. Okay. Almost 74. Goals. Okay. Because I, I know you've always been a rather goal oriented individual. What, I mean, okay, at 70, almost 74 now, what kind of goals do you have for yourself at, at this juncture of life? I mean, because I, I want, again, I want people to understand. You're from a different cut of cloth. You're not, uh, you know, you're not sitting around in, in your rocking chair uh, with the, the dog on the nope. porch. No, I, I know you better than that. So I want people to hear from, yeah. from, from your mouth. What are you doing nowadays? Well, I have a great grandson right now. Not, you know, not a grandson. I have a great grandson. And uh, when... I know why, he, why you have kids young, because when he comes over and stays with Sally and I for a couple of days, you know, he's uh, 18 months old. And oh, wow. When 18. he leaves, we don't even get up in the morning until about 10 because he's going to wore us out. But 
you know, that's that's a lot. Yeah. But I had two sons that were killed in car accidents two different times. One, and both of them were living with us at the time. And um, so I tried to, you know, help other people that we could. And I was in the IT business until they, well, actually kind of made me retire. My goal is right now, though, is, uh, you know, I, 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 we, we go to church a lot. We go to, and that, I'm actually Sally's uh, gopher because uh, she does all this. She's a great kit caterer. And, you know, I'm the go for it. Go do now, this. Now, go now do that, that. that I can attest to because I, I get stayed at your home, stuff like that, had some of those fantastic meals. Oh. And then, but then, if I, yeah. again, I, I did not know she was a caterer at that time. I think I made a couple compliments because I think I even shared with her that my mother yeah. was a caterer for 20 some odd years. And uh, I was telling people. I always tell people, I, I was never in the military, but I can tell you what KP duty was all about. I have peeled thousands of pounds yes. of potatoes to a point yes. that I could eat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I had to do KP only one time in the military. And uh, I was either a squad leader or, or a platoon leader. And I had to peel potatoes. And I remembered, I mean, they, it was an endless supply of raw potatoes coming. And uh, the cook was a big old guy. I mean, a big guy, like stereotype, big, huge, fat guy, too. Uh, and then I got tired of peeling potatoes. So, uh, you know, I had to peel them and had to slice them. Well, I got tired of doing that, and they just kept coming. So I peeled them, and then I could, I wouldn't, instead of cutting them, I put the whole potato in. Well, they would hide at the bottom of all the oh. Well, he would go in there, dump that whole thing in, and then it splashed the uh, oil back on him. He would cuss me left and right. But <laughs> uh, he, there's a lot of story going with, with that with the military. But, yeah. you know, I, so my goals today, actually right now, I'm, I'm trying to find some part-time work. Or, you know, I did a lot of security and went to Iraq, you know, at, is over an FOB there for security. And um, so I'd like to do some part of it because, you know, here I got a lot of stuff to do with our house is hit with a tornado. Well, I, I was uh, going to talk about Easter that. Together. I was going to talk about that, but I want to pause you for one second. If people want to get yeah. in contact with you, is there a uh, an email address, uh, a social media outlet where they can reach you at? So that, again, because you do have a lot of extensive background in the IT field and uh, security and other aspects, where or how can someone get in contact with you? Well, I'm on Facebook, like most people breathing, uh, and it's pretty easy to, uh, it's under uh, J Skip Hall. J that's Skip also Hall. my email, okay. jskip at iCloud.com. But yeah, I'm a victim of that as well. I, you know, yeah, you talk about when I started in, in the computer business, we, uh, back then a computer would be the size of this room. And, uh, you know, we have more power today in our phone than we did with a bunch of those things. And it's much easier to than it, it used to be. I was just, um, I was just going to try to grab, was, grab my little laptop case just to kind of show you a comparison. Now you got this, this laptop, yeah. but at the same token, even on the cell phone, you still have that same yeah. laptop is, is right there on the cell phone. Yeah. And you know, a lot of that's good, a lot of it's turned out to be bad, but 
um, you know, we're technically we're in a lot further along now. Some of the people aren't much further along. A lot of people today are users. You know, they wouldn't know how to fix something. They're users. Yes. And, you know, that's okay. That's what way it's gone. But uh, I remember I was soldering a, bo- a board, uh, putting a resistor back on the board. And the young lady was with me. She, that uh, was business at home. She, I was soldering. She goes, wow, how'd you learn to do that? <laughs> I've been doing it for about 20 years now. You know, and we had to, we had to fix the problem on the board. And, uh, you know, we, we, we weren't users. That's a big difference today. And that's the way we took the industry. So, uh, you wow. know, we're, we're a victim or our benefactor of that. See, I, I want people. So I, goes pretty I was going to jump in there. Just let, let people know that. Okay. You, it makes it, you make it sound like you're taking it easy, but you're not taking it easy. Cause I know, was it, was it a tornado or was it a hurricane that, that came through? It was a tornado. And, and it uh, leveled it all an kinds. It leveled all kinds of trees yeah. on your property. Yeah. The, um, I live close to, close to the Warrior River. And it actually, in a steam plant, is about a mile away. The tornado started at basically the steam plant, came up the river. And then the road that I live on, um, it, it turned and did a nine-degree turn there. Every house, except for my dad's old house, which is on across from mine, every house there had had some damage. There was a split level that it split it. I mean, it split the house. We had we had four trees on the house, and um, wow, had a couple guys that that uh, you know friends in the neighborhood, and they came. We got we got the trees off and on. Pretty fortunate on that, uh, but you know, I'm still fixing stuff from that thing well you not only um, are you fixing stuff but you're still clearing property you're chopping up this wood you're, you're i know you probably you've got yeah. probably some type of a wood yeah. burner there too because you probably burned it i, I go you, you probably have enough wood there to last you another 20 30 or more years in a process <laughs> you know because again i know yeah, you're I, I know you're yeah, that that you're that hands-on guy to where you're, you're gonna basically you're yeah. gonna do it yourselves between you and salad you're gonna do it yourselves that's true, and, and she helps me. Actually, I have to get her to hold back because, you know, I'll pick up, you know, a piece of wood that's been cut, and we got to split, put it in the lock split. I got a lock splitter now. You put it in the lock splitter. She tries to do it herself, and she does a lot of it by herself. Um, you know, she didn't have a bad back, and she knows my back's kind of screwed up, but uh, she, uh, she she doesn't know when not to, to do it. But, yeah, I... I won't sit. I, I couldn't sit. You know, I'm I'm doing a bunch of new stuff on AIT on at you know artificial intelligence and, and machine levels. I'm doing that now. I'm writing an, an application for that for the utility companies. But yeah, I, you know, I used to say if you if you ever stop, you're dying. And uh, you know, my mom and dad, when my mom quit having to work every day and was at home. I'm talking about you, Dan's on here. <laughs> so, uh, Sally's bringing me a uh, martini. That's my, I, I see. Well, it's, my it, evening. It, it, it's happy hour. It's happy hour. It's a happy hour somewhere. Yeah. I'll simply no, say, no. I'll, I'll, I'll say hello to Sally there if she can hear me in the background. Uh, you said, hey, Dan. Yeah, nope, I, yeah. I, I heard her. No, that, yeah. It puts a, puts a smile on my face. Again, I just I want people to know that there's some real Americans that, that uh, I mean, even – 
you know, t- for the fact that you started a fight career at, at age and, and what you went up to, I, I get, as I stated before, you're my hero. These are the aspirations I had though that I probably aren't going to live up to them the way that, that, that you did. But then also the fact that you're not sitting on a porch in a rocking chair. You're still doing no. on, a, on a daily basis because you're still taking care of your property. You're still, you take pride yep. in ownership. You take pride in what you have. I go, these are things that as this episode airs, I want more Americans to realize, take a little more pride in ownership. Take a little bit more pride in our country. Help to educate, help others to do the right thing. We got too many people doing the wrong yeah. thing right now, but I want more people to do Absolutely. the right thing. And uh, there is a reason why every, everyone yeah. is, there is a reason why everyone is coming to the United States because we really are the land of opportunity, but we need to hold our uh, elected officials to a little bit higher standard because the, re- the reality is our tax dollars pay their salary. So thus we are their boss. They yeah. are the employee, but it, 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 it has kind of changed around. It's not what is there. And I want people to understand this, that if you're not happy with what's happening, start making some phone calls. Start off with your state representative, yeah. or you may start with your your county, you know, Republican office, or your 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 county Democratic yeah. office, or or, or again, uh, non-denominational, I mean, whatever you want to go to, call somebody and let them know, hey, I'm not exactly yeah. happy with what's taking place right now. I go, I don't like the price of gas. Uh, I don't like what's happening here. I don't want to sit at home. Do I don't want to sit at home and and wear a mask forever because. You're seeing all these things that are changing. I go, what actually changed? What actually changed about the whole COVID thing? That uh, honestly, when the world started changing, when America started changing, I I think you know we took we took God out of the schools. Uh, Today, you can't you can't. I mean, we can't even do Christmas stuff. You know that we used to do. Yeah, and uh, they don't don't want you to say Merry Christmas. They want you to say Happy Holidays. Absolutely. And I, you know, I, I think that was the beginning of, you know, we all want the better things for our kids and grandkids and all, but I, I agree with you. It, somebody's still got to cut the wood and I don't see anybody else around here. <laughs> so, you know, I, and do, you know, we hit, heat a lot with the, the fireplace and the best fire built around Sally and, uh, you know, she grew up on a farm and so she does that. That's her task. I go get stuff, bring it in, but she, and she but goes she, apart. She just and and I I actually have a, I think I told you before I I, I acquired a little uh, a cottage, uh, you know, it's a waterfront, and uh, to me it's like going. It has a wood st- a wood burning stove. That's the only heat in the place, and yep. I. I love yeah. the fact when I, 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 I'm out there, I've gathered up uh, maybe a quick little wheelbarrow full of wood just to, you know, get some kidling yeah. going and stuff like that. And then also see to feel the heat come out off of that. It just it gives you, first off, it gives you a sense of yeah. accomplishment, but then you get that warmth feeling of the, of the heat that comes out there. Yeah. And then the, your, your significant yes. other is happy because she's warm now as well. Yeah. And I, you know, uh, I was never a cat fan. If you if you live with Sally, you're gonna have to be you're gonna have to put up with cats, and uh, <laughs> so 
and by the way, I've had my own now in the last few years, but the cats love it. They get on the, on the uh, rug in front of the fireplace and they lay there. It's hard for me to get to it. I'm having a sister. She has to build a pretty big fire. But, you know, you're right. I, I see a lot of, we were watching a movie last night, Stand By Me. Ah, and, uh, that, that, that's a classic it, movie that I know by heart. And it's like, yeah. what, a, what a great movie. And, it, you know, in it, they're, they're out they're camping out and they got a fire and they're, they're around the fire sleeping and, and guys watching and all. And that takes me back because, you know, that's exactly what we used to do. I, but I'm going to tell you, Dan, today if they do it, they're in a RV. <laughs> Not like we did. Okay. We go out on the land. This is I, a good place. I think it's called glamping now where they have all the luxurious luxuries and stuff like that. It's called glamping. It's, uh, you know, you, you, yes, yeah. yes, yes. It has all the amenities that you want, whereas... You know, having a sleeping bag at a tent—that's <laughs> that's a whole whole different animal there. Yep. A lot of times, you know, we would have you know just a couple of blankets and lay them down on the ground, and you know, a couple of friends, and we would do that. We just kept on and on and on doing it. And I'm glad. Uh, and my youngest son got to do a little bit of that, but my oldest son got to do a lot of that, and uh, you know they. That, that both of them, uh, you know, I, my youngest son, I said, you're going to have to be tough because the world's getting much, much tougher. Yes. And he died at 31. And uh, he actually made him too tough. He, uh, he, he was fearless, absolutely fearless. He did uh, contact uh, kickboxing. And uh, so did my daughter. You know, I have a daughter, too. And they all did that. My daughter was funny. She 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 was she was not any good until the other person bloodied her nose. <laughs> that, 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 and then that, you, you know the hell she got yeah, loose. It fired her up then. Yes, I, yeah. I can say. I can say sometimes yeah. that's what it takes for some people. It's kind of like once something happens, it's it like it, it turns that switch on to either fight or flight. You've got your two options there, right there. Yeah. And she was that way, and to this day, you know, she she's an attorney now. God help us. And. Uh, <laughs> When she when she was seven years old, I said you're going to have to be an attorney because you argue about everything. And uh, oh, so you anyway, so she, you planted the seed at seven. So uh, Skip, I think you you <laughs> that might be your fault on that. My one. fault. Yeah, and you know my my youngest son, uh, you know he started out in martial arts with me as a, as a real young kid, and he ended up teaching Taekwondo to. And all the young people, I, at that time, I was teaching them in Mayfield, the older guys and ladies. And she was, he was uh, teaching all the Taekwondo kids, you know. And he was young, 11 and 12, teaching, and some of them were adults. And, you know, they, at first they were questioning it. They saw him do what he did. And uh, he, he, he was, he, you know, I think all in all, had he had his way, he, he would have done it anyway, because he got in more trouble than I did. And that's saying a lot. <laughs> uh, well, and I'll, get, I'll tell you how bad it was. I went to, to church one time with a friend of mine, and I'm walking in, and uh, the, the lady playing the piano quit. She, was, she went to school with us. She quit playing when she, she, we walked into church. And, she, uh, and so everybody stopped and turned around and looked. And of course, here we are walking down. And so afterwards, I said, well, you, you really kind of embarrassed. She said, well, she said, 
I saw my friend Bobby. She said, I saw him walk in and I was pretty sure his parents were behind him. She said, but when I saw you, I thought the law was behind you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was about right. So. Oh, that's funny. But well, I'm getting we grew up a lot. I, Oops, I'm sorry. I Go. hope the, the world changes better. I hope the world changes for better because uh, I'm not happy with the way overall it is. And we have a lot of issues coming up. And I just hope we have the leadership to do the right things. Well, I think that if, you know, by keeping some true Americans like yourself around and helping to inspire the, the next generation is what I'm, I'm looking for right now because I, I don't think that the most young people don't understand what they're losing in the process. But but uh, I'm getting the signal here that we, we need to start wrapping that up. But but I want folks, I want you to plug one more time that, you know, Skip Hall here, you've got how many years working in the IT area? Since 1969. So I'm going to say. When I got out of the military. A, a man with a whole lot of experience there in, in the IT years. world. And, yeah. and how can they contact you? Uh, probably the best way is uh, uh, if you're Facebook, you know, Sally Allen on there, it's, it's J. Skip Hall. And uh, feel free to email me or message me. It's uh, the letter J. S-K-I-P-H-K-L-L at iCloud.com. Because I just wanted to plug that one more time. Well, Skip, I tell you what, I could I could yak at you forever, but we're going to let you go. We could. And, uh, and we'll probably bring you back here at, at another time, but we'll, we'll go into yet another direction here on, on some conversation. But, uh, yeah. but Skip, as, as always, sure. it's been fantastic uh, to see you here once again. Uh, I, I will probably you see you sometime this summer as I'm making my way down towards a Florida tour. And so I'll be stopping out yeah. there to good. sample some more of some of Sally's good cooking. Yeah. And she's gotten better at that, even than what she was when you were here last. Wow. We are always welcome here. Um, and I, I feel like we're good, great friends and, and I appreciate that. Nope. That's what I said. That's so, true. It's hard to always believe that. Uh, okay. Through fighting comes friendships. I go, well, again, yes, yeah. yes, yes, it does. I've actually, even through my UFC days, I've made people that, that uh, you, you did battle with once, now you're, you're friends with. So it's kind of like going, it's kind of unique how that yeah. works out like that. But uh, I think I think a it few is. more people should be involved in the martial arts or some type of a combative sport because it does teach you a lot of great yeah. quality and character caricature yes. traits. So what's good? Absolutely. Skip, last word here, and then we'll be signing off. Well, you know, I, I think if you always do the right thing, uh, whatever you're doing, and do it the best you can. That that that's where we need to go with this country. Right now, we have a lot of people doing things for us, and um, and we need to fix that. You know, you know challenge yourself, and they've got you've got to challenge yourself to get the best out of you. And, so that's kind of where we'll leave it with that. I wish the young people would uh, you know, get onto that today. And by young people, I mean, you know, 20s down, you know, I think we need that now. So, and, uh, and the guys that are in the military still uh, support them, really support them. Yep. And I look forward to when you come through. <laughs> I do too as well. Though, Skip. I'll see you then. All right. Well, thank you. And All right. Sign it off. Take care, Good. Skip. See you later. Yep. Bye-bye, you too. Thank you for watching another episode of Dan and Don's Toxic Masculinity. You better like, 
subscribe and share or I'm going to come to your house.